Your support helps us bring fresh voices, new voices, and credible voices. Support Mind Podcast by clicking on support the Mind Podcast link on mind.net. You can also write to us at info at mind.net about any other way you would like to support Mindmakers. Hello and welcome to Mind Podcast 71.0, your weekly source for news, views, and analysis and analysis of news. This is Adit Kapadia on a somber Sunday. Uh, why it's somber, we'll talk about that in a minute. Together with me, Arsunanda Vashish, and Pramod Kumar Buravalli. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you, Adit? Pretty good. So, uh, the reason why it's somber is, of course, we all woke up to the news of the ghastly shooting in Orlando, where mm. a terrorist... Uh, opened fire in a, a gay club where killing about 50 people and f- injuring 53. Uh, why he chose to attack that or not, the reasons are still you know, coming out. There could be a lot of reasons and there are many theories floating about. So we're going to dissect what information we do have right now and what uh, you know, has come out. By the time you listen to the podcast, something new might have come out. So we, par- pardon us, we're just basing our analysis on what we have so far. Yeah. So that's, there's that. Then we'll also talk about uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi's visit to the United States, which was only about four days ago. Seems like a month ago almost. <laughs> so much has happened mm. since uh, we'll also talk about uh, the Rajya Sabha polls and why they are significant and the surprise gains made by the BJP in there and we'll also discuss the Urta Punjab controversy and any other things that have made the news and of course we'll end with our recommendations for the week so <clears throat> let's get let's cut to the chase guys and uh, just to preface what what we know so far uh, there were some links to the ISIS. The ISIS has already claimed uh, the attack and or claimed responsibility or so forth. Uh, there are three theories right now going on that whether was this a jihadist attack, was this, you know, then there's a debate about the gun control and then there's also the debate about homophobia existing and so forth. I think it's a bit of both and if or all of it. And if you omit either one of them, you're being faults in your analysis okay here is what we know we know that this is a 29 year old um gentleman who was born and raised in united states we know he's of afghan descent we know that he had been uh, on fbi investigations at least two times 2012 and 2013 we know that he um, got out of a bad marriage where his wife has already spoken to the press and said that he was abusive Um, we also know that just before um, speak doing this uh, committing this ghastly act he called 911 and he um, pledged allegiance to ISIS. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean that this is, and by the way, ISIS has also, um, um, through its quote-unquote news agencies, claimed um, that this was an ISIS attack. So what does this mean? This means for sure that this is homegrown terror. For the longest time, United States was able to say that after 9-11, we have been able to keep our shores safe after San Bernardino and Orlando shootings. I do not think that holds valid anymore. Ghastly massive shooting in the United States, the biggest crime of terror on US soil since 9-11. And the biggest uh, shooting incident as well. As well. So to say that US has been able to keep its uh, shores safe may not be such a 
strong statement anymore may not be a correct statement anymore um so what, what these are the things that we know this is a developing story more stuff will come out but at the moment this is a story about somebody who had um, pledged allegiance to ISIS. We also know that in um, radical Islam, there is a huge, uh, you know, hatred um, for uh, homosexuality. So, is was that fueling this um, act? And is it a terror? Uh, is it a terrorist at, um, attack? Um, President Obama has already said that this is going to be investigated as an act of terror. To me, any such shooting, any such incident where you are killing people, where you are killing people for in the name of some ideology, en masse. whether en masse, if you are naming and killing people for some ideology, it is an act of terror. It does not matter who commits it. I, I agree. And before Pramod comes in, and that's why I was saying that there are three major issues to this. Oh, President Obama was talking about the gun control angle also. And you can debate that till the cows come home. But then he still refuses to say the words Islamic terrorism. So does Hillary. So does Hillary. So, and I, for the love of God, do not understand why. It's a phenomenon. It does exist. Well, some noble people cannot say some things, you know, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> nobility apart, yeah. they have to agree that at least with the phenomena of Donald Trump uh, looming over the horizon, the next president of the United States, mm -hmm. as I call him, <laughs> uh, uh, the so-called uh, myths that have always been agreed upon in private have to be dispelled once for all and they don't get second chances, even for, uh, even for a president like Obama or for a presumptive presidential candidate like Hillary Clinton, this is the only chance. You know, that is precisely what uh, Narendra Modi, Prime Minister Narendra Modi has been going, tom-toming everywhere, yeah. be it in uh, through his um, messaging to China, whether it is the speech in the Congress and uh, to uh, both, uh, both the houses, that there can't be your terrorism and my terrorism. Mm -hmm. Or good terror or bad terror. There is only terrorism. Yeah. If you think there is good part that needs to be brought out, it has to be brought out by their own uh, yeah. people. You know, it is Islam itself that has to come out with the reform movement. It is not others to comment. We only go with what has happened. Yeah. No, and, and yesterday, the, this, this came up in the radio show I was talking about. We were talking about Modi's speech about terrorism. And I said that in Pakistan also to some extent, there was with reference to Pakistan because he made a statement about terror being harbored, you know, neighborhood and so forth. It's like lashkar e if it calls for a jihad on Kashmir, it is as much of a terrorist organization as an ISIS calling for things elsewhere. So you cannot make the differenti differentiation saying that, oh, this no, is different. you cannot. You so, just cannot. Nor can you um, dumb down this debate to gun laws. This debate, if you um, dump it down and play politics around as conservatives and uh, liberals tend to do, and this is an election year, they will do it most certainly. Mm -hmm. That would be a huge disservice to humanity. People have to understand that beyond elections, beyond little politicking, mm -hmm. this planet is seeing a huge challenge of Islamic terror. Islamic radicalism, unless you acknowledge it, unless you say the right things, 
this is not going to get go away. No, and Sunada, you also have to understand that I I agree with you 100%. But I think gun control is also a debate in this of issue. Of course it is. That if you do have, and to use the term we used in your piece, the global jihad network, uh, which is again, I think Sunada, you should tweet it tonight, please. Because I just, it's, it's scary to be proven yeah. right on this, right? Because you indicated this about like a year ago when this yes. piece, and I mean, I was hoping that, you know, we were proven wrong on that or something, but it's there a phenomenon. A global, there is a global seeing, jihad network. No, yeah, so no to, complete, to complete my point, I'm saying that you have to question the availability of su such weapons so easily. If you remember, if you, I don't know if you remember Adit and Pramod, both of you, when we were talking, I think we were discussing Charlie Hebdo and that was our first or second uh, thing. I think Pramod and I came up with this thing and I said when we're talking about gun control, God forbid, if these loony guys, if these Islamic uh, fanatics get hold of all these guns here in uh, United States, what is going to happen? How can we stop it? So, no, the conservatives are going to say that, uh, talk about Islamic terrorism and if they are homophobic or not. And so, no, but so, what do you do? This, is no, a, no, listen, this no, no, guy was that, born and raised in the United States. A, and, and don't talk about gun control. That's what I heard a panelist say. I don't remember where. No, and then, all conservatives. Yeah, and then the uh, 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 guy from the left is going to say this is primarily about gun control mm. talk about the other i think both are completely wrong it you have to talk about all of it in unison. no i think what has now happened is that mm. the guns have fallen into the hands of or can fall in the hands of islamic radicals so what are you going to do now I, I also uh, an additional point to what you are saying is this is a very 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 different uh, situation that has happened you know earlier when an Islamic terrorist incident happened, there was the conservatives in the United States, the Christian evangelicals that would say, aha, mm -hmm. you know, that is what Look, we've been we saying said, all along. Yeah. Now, this has happened at a spot and a place. This uh, nightclub is frequented by the LGBT community mm -hmm. and it is a place where you would normally and, uh, expect an attack of some kind, not at this mass savage uh, level, but some yeah. uh, attack to come from a conservative Christian. Exactly, uh, because disposition. Christian Dis um, church is also opposed to homosexuality. Right. Now, this is where the conservatives are caught. Yeah. You know, they can't condemn it. Mm. They can't say, well, LGBT community Very should not point. have been attacked. Attack. Mm. This is where, this is the only chance Hillary Clinton has to lurch rightwards. This is where she can come out clearly in the open and try to take some initiative away from Donald Trump. Otherwise, he is going to romp with a 60 or 65 percent vote in his favor by November. This is what's going to happen. She has to come out with that ambivalence you were talking about, uh, Adit. That ambivalence comes not just from ignorance, that ambivalence comes from this so-called romanticism that well, they will try to usher in a peace in yeah. uh, Israel and Palestine, between Israel and Palestine. They will try to broker something in Jammu Kashmir. They will try to pull back Russia and Chechenia. This is this romantic feeling has to go down uh, you know, rapidly within the I, I have a thing that I say that the biggest threat to the war on terrorism is utopia. Because if you are dreaming for utopia in each and every situation, mm -hmm. you are not. You have to yeah. be a pragmatist and you have to be a realist and not go out with blinkers in your eyes. I mean, um, and not every decision and stuff should be just political or something. There are some talks that go beyond politics. So no, liberals have a huge problem. They just cannot, for some reason, they don't understand that they are siding with. Um, 
poisonous ideology called radical Islam, called extremist Islam, only and only because they want to have this, um, you know, prove a point to um, right wingers yeah. and um, say, and only because. Well, you're talking about the uh, Fox, the four liberals, yeah. the, the left liberals. No, but, but because they are true liberals. I yeah, think, uh, and true liberals. No, no, because this was said by, and not just by Bill Maher, by many people, that this refusal to condemn terrorism in its truest, you know, Islamic terrorism is going to cost the left its presidency if they yeah. don't do it because people don't think they're and genuine. And two liberals like Bill Maher are coming out in support of Islamic yes. radicalism. That is how it should be. Uh, in in oppose, uh, opposition opposing, of... Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Opposing, coming out against Islamic And uh, radicalism. one of the points that I want to make in extension to what PM Modi said is the United States now has to extend all its might towards curbing uh, problems with Islamic terror. Before we get to our uh, next topic, um, I do want to say that this is MindMakers production. This Mind podcast is brought to you by the MindMakers team. This uh, podcast is produced and edited by Adit Kapadia with the help of our team in India. The panelists for the um, podcast are Adit Kapadia, Pramod Kumar Buravalli and Sunanda Vashisht, which is me. So very interesting discussion about what we know on the ghastly attacks in Orlando. Our prayers go out to the uh, families of the people affected and uh, I pray that the injured get you know well soon. Uh, before we go and I think uh, we want to talk about uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi in United States and you know what he said. I want to just uh, talk to you guys about or tell you about this news report I heard about the Orlando shooting which absolutely broke my heart. It's, I'll just take like 10 seconds. Um, Mina Justice was outside the club trying to contact her 30-year-old son Eddie who texted her when the shooting happened and had asked her to call the co cops. He told her he ran into a bathroom with other club uh, patrons to hide. He then texted her he's coming. The next text said he has us and he is in here with us she said and then she ended saying this was our last conversation. Yeah. Very sad. Our condolences to everyone. Broke my heart when I read this morning. It was a news report on the KPRC, which is the local NBC network yeah. here in Houston. So, but I, I just wanted to yeah. tell but our condolences that. to everyone on behalf of my makers. Our heart goes out to everyone whose life has been destroyed by these uh, people ghastly shootings. So coming back to the diplomacy part of it, it's almost like we are playing this week in rewind. Yeah. So now so it, it gets tied into what. Uh, PM Modi has also said more of, often than not, there are three things that the world has to converge on, mm. climate change uh, and certainly in terms of uh, um, anti-corruption laws and um, anti-money laundering laws and most importantly forming a cohesive front against terrorism, mm. global Islamic terrorism and that is the plague that we are suffering right now, mm. uh, more, more potent than cancer because cancer at least is... Uh, locally restricted to an individual or wherever you are but this is uh, you know hinging on your freedoms you can't go out you can't go to a park you can't go to a movie theater this is where the so-called bandwagon of freedom that the united states and the western world has been championing yeah. this hits right at the foundation of that flag yeah the flagship itself is tottering and if the united states does not take a lead you know the sleeping giant as it's always been called uh, Admiral Yamamoto has a famous uh, saying in uh, um, in uh, Second World War, right after 1942, after the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, uh, he wasn't convinced that there, this attack was massive because 
only a few battleships got destroyed mm-hmm. the american carrier force was out at uh, sea it was mm-hmm. not in the yeah. harbor that day uh, and he felt that for little damage they had awakened a big giant mm-hmm. and proved him right because three years after there's no japan japan as an imperial nation no, but, does not uh, but sleeping the sleeping giant has become kumbhakaran under um, uh, obama Success. under president obama Correct. so it is going to take a lot of time for the sleeping giant yeah. to wake up yeah. and narendra modi in that this bring now what i, hope, I, I, want I, I to, hope sunanda is not saying it will take a rama to wake up the kumbhakaran no, uh, well we had a version of rama come in <laughs> Well, <laughs> sorry, even I, I had to just put it out there. Uh, anyway, I want to come back to the speech because I've been wanting to talk about it. Um, I think so much has been talked about the speech. So much has been said about it. Anybody who is, um, you know, all the commentators and all, we wait for such opportunities. And I'm actually going to write about it as well uh, next week. But to me, this was a very confident <coughs> India speaking. when mr modi stood there and he spoke in his very indian accent in his very indian indianism with all his clothes you know he was wearing indian clothes he was very comfortable in his skin mm. to me that imagery was so important that here is someone who is so comfortable in his skin who can get there and the my favoritest moment was that dripping sarcasm on bipartisanship oh. he said you know he was talking about his how he deals with the upper house back home and the kind of bipartisanship that's been noticed in um, us congress so this was somebody an equal talking to an equal this was not someone that has happened previously people have um, addressed uh, us congress but someone you know we look up to you we want you to come and rescue us we want you to come and provide for us no this was narendra modi representing confident india and saying that you we consider you are indispensable um, partner and if we are successful it is in your interest as well and coming from a man uh, it took him to a certain stage Uh, that will surely elevate him to become a statesman in the near future the same united states which had denied him the visa yeah. same united states where 64 lawmakers from india petitioned for the cancellation of visa speeches and mm-hmm. so many of these signatures student uh, 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 to get his uh, autograph student line the same lawmakers now uh, no he's talking about the 65 mps in india, india yeah. no, who wrote again, a letter no, no, but but that was instigated 65 mps wrote to these congress the they wrote same to obama of, but yeah but yeah. Set of, uh, yeah no no i see what you mean would have at that point in time with the political climate would have ostracized and vilified him stood in uh, you know rapt attention because they know that the inevitability of india and inevitability of indic civilization to be a partner this is not friendship this is not allies we are not junior partners we are not senior partners we are equal partners in the other side of the world if the united states prospers india is happy if india prospers united states also has to be happy yeah. and both of them have to happen 
independently. Now the United States is not the economic power it used to be. Yeah. It's sitting on 20 trillion dollars of debt. If the United States manufacturing has to improve, then somebody has to buy whatever is being manufactured. Here. Sure. But, and, but that is and, 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 and yeah. just one last thing because yeah. I wanted to bring in the NSG part here. Okay. No, because I want to say something before that and I'll let you say the energy thing because that will take the debate somewhere else. Yeah. I want to say when compared when you were talking about China, China and India, the world has to understand that India is a messy democracy, but a democracy, India is a democracy, you can only bet on India, you cannot bet, the world cannot bet on authoritarian regimes. And I have said this all along, that I do not, I, China has done wonderfully for itself, as I was telling Adi the other day also, it is, the state is capitalist for sure. So what I'm saying is, yes, they are doing very well for themselves, but the world cannot bet on any authoritarian regime. No, but before you get into NSG, and I wanted to talk about the speech because then we won't be able to talk about that. Yeah, uh, two or three points. First of all, why is this? You, we heard some people saying, ye wahi, wahi bol rahe ki, you know, what he said and five, five prime ministers before him also spoke or I think uh, uh, the problem was that, or not the problem, the thing was he after, he's the only prime minister after Rajiv Gandhi was speaking with a simple majority in the Lok Sabha, uh, with his popularity being at the highest and so forth. Rajiv Gandhi won that election because of a sympathy after, you know, Indira Gandhi's assassination and so forth. The way Narendra Modi won the 2014 election is completely different from that. So one, he's carrying forward that historic victory behind him. Second, the terms of engagement with US have completely changed than what they were in 1985 or even in 2005. 2005, we did have, when Manmohan Singh was speaking, there was a high point in the Indo-US relationship, but he was still leading a government with 145 MPs. And you had issues over the nuclear deal and you know a lot of people forget he was leading uh, a government with the support from the communists whose yeah. love for the united states probably knows no bounds <laughs> so so th those are different parameters second thing his personal com camaraderie with president obama is of course you know there and what you said about india being viewed as a asiatic tiger or uh, as he said or as a counter to counterweight to china mm -hmm. no longer is india being viewed from the prism of pakistan yeah. And that is a strategic shift from and the US policy. I am policy. actually saying that India is not even a counterweight to China. There is no comparison. I agree with no, her. No, no, I know. I am saying from the American I, perspective. I agree I'm with not, her. Yeah. This old State Department way of our prism of looking at one country as a counterweight to the other. For example, in 1970s, I remember that Henry Kissinger and Nixon thought of China as a counterweight to the Soviet, Soviet Union. Union. Hence, they outsourced the entire Walmart's uh, manufacturing mm. off to China, China, which is where Correct. the boom started. Mm. If they look at India as a counterweight to China, they are so mistaken because yeah. the Indians are independent minded people. They have an agenda of their own. If Tomorrow, a war breaks out between India and China. India does not expect the United States to send its aircraft carrier fleet to India's uh, help. Yes, India there doesn't is, need it. There is Israel, there is Russia, there will be Japan. There's a whole, whole lot France. of countries closer that will come to India's rescue if really Maybe. required. But at the same time, the economic benefits of partnering with India are much higher than economic benefits of partnering with China because Indians even today, no matter how bad the economic conditions have been during recessions in 2008 or 9, have a very high respectful orientation towards American ingenuity, American professionalism. Yeah. And similarly, there has been respect given to Indian ingenuity and Indian professionalism yeah. as well. <coughs> so the, this mutually beneficial relationship where India needs expertise on some technological fronts 
and the united states needs massive employment to cre- be created in both in manufacturing possibly used for its natural gas mm. to be uh, liquefied and sent to india yeah. these economic benefits are immense after all united states is a small country no, to, to, but to correct yeah, myself i i did not mean that uh, i believe in this argument what i was saying is the us state department yeah. is still stuck in the past about believing in this counterweight argument we know so what argument you believe you are a jain <laughs> hypernationalist <laughs> but you I forgot jingoist uh, i will tell you what, so, uh, one extension to her point on china's counter uh uh wait that is where i keep talking in the new generation of leadership that is coming mm. up in the state department also mm. that believes that economic partnership and partnership where it has now exceeded the societal level partnership that even the uh, state of israel has this yeah. this is what is changing here mm. you know somebody is writing an article for us by the way on how yoga and hinduism and indic thought have influenced in United States decision making over the past 30 years yeah. some examples of that yeah uh, no I, i i as i always say that i am a big believer in democracy because the world has a known a better system than a democracy whether it, i know it's messy i know sometimes it throws up um, uh, trump and sometimes <laughs> it throws up hillary but despite that the world has not known a better system than democracy so what i am telling the world is put in asia put your bets on india india is the only vibrant democracy there with authoritarian regimes just as it happens with all authoritarian regimes china will also flounder one day so unless it finds its way towards more open liberal society china cannot sustain itself no liberal um, no authoritarian regime can sustain itself yeah, so that, that, is, that is what will happen to china that's what will happen to saudi arabia that's what will happen to all authoritarian regimes very interesting discussion and then we wanted to talk about uh, how president obama could you know take a leaf out of sheikh hasina's book about how she's gone out and uh, you know i mean of course the threats are different in bangladesh than threats in but she's done an amazing crackdown on i think people. sheikh hasina has been a phenomenal leader from um, signing going all out for, uh, doing the land boundary agreement with india to the point where she has been cracking down on uh, all these um, islamic um, radicals not denying the fact that there are still attacks on bloggers and everything and um, it's just, terrible just the, just the past one week she has put 5000 people in jail yes. of which 87 are really hardcore militants and the crackdown she has had on uh, opposition leaders uh, yeah. you know taken the Uh, justice to their natural course and made sure that uh, they had no uh, chance to escape this was this has never happened before where a lady who was uh, you know sacrificed immensely you know her entire family was sacrificed so much yes and uh, she is always under threat every day uh, the opposition leader is the wife of an ex brutal dictator, dictator and it's it's not difficult for them to win back elections it is a democracy it is a yeah. growing economy it's uh, you know it's it's an islamic country with that's uh, why, so why um, a 
female leader of an Islamic country, that is in itself such a huge thing. And what she is doing for Bangladesh, obviously it is nowhere close to where it should be. But I think she is doing a phenomenal job. And, and coming from such a background where her entire family was yes. slaughtered. Yeah. And the support that India has to give to her is more important than support given to Nepal, Sri Lanka or yeah. any other country combined. And it just reminds me when Hillary talks about history made, I just want to point her to Sheikh Hasina, to Indira Gandhi, <laughs> to in um, Bandar Naike in Sri Lanka, and Chandrika Kumar Tunga came after that, and Benazir um, Bhutto in Pakistan. So in Asia, we we uh, we are used to seeing women in power. Yeah. Uh, I, she she probably can talk to her Chinese counterparts about how history is being made. Or yeah, because but even not in, oh, not because, because even Britain can uh, tell her about Margaret Thatcher. Even Britain can, uh, yeah, there was a couple of things about, you know, uh, they made these uh, comic, uh, this thing, and when she said the history is made, and there was uh, <laughs> Madam no, Thatcher going out, I, what did I you say? To, yeah. I have to share an interesting episode with you guys. Mm. Uh, I have always been approached because of my nature uh, of sharing uh, India's civilizational stories on Hindu, China, mm. Buddha. Mm and Sikh uh, stories, um, I was seated at a conference and uh, this nice American couple came in, started talking to me about my culture and all that. I immediately <coughs> knew whenever a nice American couple want to, you know, they want to share their own stories of faith, mm -hmm. that's fine, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that is how it works. And so they really started talking to me about India and what we believe and they had heard about all of these uh, atrocities happening, rapes and all that and I, I was very saddened. I, I, I did uh, pour my heart out and said that this should not have happened. Mm. And then they started saying that, well, has culture got anything to do with it? I knew from my experience, I'm an avid uh, debater, so I know that this was not going to be a mutually <laughs> respectful conversation. It was going to be uh, somebody's uh, egos and yeah, going to be uh, hurt. Uh, hurt. And so I immediately quickly came up with, you know, naturally I'm trained to debate. So I naturally came up with six points on my in my brain to which put it back to them. And I asked them, how come the United States never elected a woman as a president? Mm. And they were red-faced. The white people face when they yeah. really don't like something, it turns red. Actually, they, I mean, it becomes really red. And then all of a sudden, it turned towards religion and they, they felt that Hindu religion was very discriminatory against women. And I said, well, three of our main gods are, uh, you know, goddesses are female. And I asked them if they had a female goddess, you know, that, yeah. and uh, apparently the, the female said that, well, God only spoke to a man. And I caught them by their head. <laughs> I turned it over. I can imagine that. So much so that they tweet and uh, they, they communicate with me like regularly wanting to know more about Indian culture now. So, Who is this Indian woman that God speaks to? I'm sure the next question was that. No, I, I took it back to Mother Teresa. Yeah. So, no, but very interesting point. Very interesting Asia point. has always been very liberal. You know, yeah. from the time immemorial. You know, and why are, I don't know why is even America having a debate like that in 2016 about if a woman if they are ready for a woman president yeah if Hillary doesn't get elected okay whatever but I mean irrespective of whoever the nominee is there should not be a, even a question like it that in 2016 should not be an appointment that, that is determined by gender right and and, and nor she, should she make it uh, that an issue saying that because I'm a woman vote for me because that is probably the worst thing you can do for women's rights in the because there are many you know uh, as we talk about the feminist argument like we've as said as I said I don't I don't understand women not being in power I've only seen women in power and that is the 
culture I come from. Uh, I, she, I mean, she of course is talking about her home state of Jammu and Kashmir. <laughs> even yeah, they but, got a woman yeah. chief minister before America got a president. But, but I, I just but, had to put even Gujarat got a woman chief minister before America got a president. America is very ancient when it comes to electoral <laughs> and uh, leadership roles. But coming back to Sheikh Hasina, you have to yeah. give credit to her that she has taken the cudgels and to fight against Islamic. Taken the bull by its horn, so to speak. And, uh, Absolutely. You know, you know, really. Uh, right. has to face uh, difficulties every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Bengal and uh, some of these very matriarchal societies, Northeast yeah. has matriarchal, matriarchal yeah, yeah. societies, are, you have to give credit to them. I know. Coming Absolutely. back home, I want to ask Adit, Adit, is the GST bill passing now? I think so. I think, I think so. so. We are very close. Enlighten and us about the RM Rajya Sabha numbers. <laughs> well, the, the 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 first time since Narendra Modi assumed the uh, office of Seven Days Course Road, the NDA has overtaken the UPA in the Rajya Sabha. I think the difference is about five to six seats. Yeah. You are including the not independent. BJP, but not, N- no, without that. Without, without independent, okay. without, because NDA, you have to not BJP, NDA, NDA has because uh, Congress still remains the single largest party, mm-hmm. and because and I'm not including the nominated or the independent members, because if you eventually the the independent members gained their seats from the Congress, so yeah. it has still been a swing away from the Congress, and also the UPA. See now, do you count the if you count the RJD and the Janata Dal United in the in the UPA or something, then probably their their numbers are slated to go up. Right. Mm. But UPA itself is fluid. DMK is one day a part, one day it's, it's not a part, part and yeah, so forth. But if if you don't, if you count the Janta Parivar as they mm. said, then NDA is probably a little higher than UPA. And certainly, if you count the independents and uh, uh, so DMK, forth, if you yeah. put that, then so certainly what you're uh, going towards is that the legislative agenda will get a fillip right now. Yeah, so uh, we could see GST passing in as early as monsoon uh, session? The first or second day of monsoon session. If th- if But the, ra- the Congress still has enough numbers to disrupt the Rajya Sabha. So I, I don't know what, I mean, I, I don't, but I, I somehow don't foresee Digvijay Singh Kapil Sibbal and yeah. Chidambaram charging to the well of the house. Mm. If they do, that will be quite a sight. But, yeah. uh, but I have to t- tell you a couple of things on this. Uh, first of all, a lot of states seem to be coming around. Mamta Banerjee has been vocal about her support. Uh, I think Samajwadi party has also come around and they have a substantial uh, yeah, numbers, in numbers in the Rajya Sabha. Um, I, I, uh, I don't know about um, uh, AIDMK but they may abstain from voting as well is yeah. what the rumor mills are. Uh, but, but I think Although, Jailalita is meeting Narendra Modi, Prime Minister uh, Narendra Modi. So Soon and um, Mr. Arun Jaitley has also indicated that they will reach out to Jailalita in a big way for uh, I think GMK. yeah ADMK, BJD those, are, those should not be a problem yeah. on, on on the, on, so I think this should more likely than not pass the, through the Rajya Sabha. That's, now, that's com- good news. That is uh, really good news. Yeah. And the fact that... Uh, but this is assuming it will work. Assuming it will work. We'll see. Yeah. Um, we'll see. But some interesting faces that we will see in Rajya Sabha. We will see uh, Mr. Chidambaram whose Lok Sabha seat is still up in arms. But he has um, won himself another Rajya Sabha seat in the meantime. From- interesting is that, what is interesting is Mr. Subhash Chandra's election. That was, <laughs> that was phenomenal. 14... Congress um, uh, MLAs, Mm. they were disqualified because they used wrong ink. Mm. I said, this this smells of um, Bhagavad. No, no, but as Ashok Malik put it, so when Congress MLAs do that, that is an attack on democracy. But when in Karnataka, JDS MLA rebel, that is democracy. I know. And vote for the Congress MP. So, yeah. So that is so, or if one uh, media mogul is part of um, uh, gets to Rajya Sabha with the help of Congress, that is democracy. No, but Shobhna, Bhar- Shobhna Bharti was nominated. Ah. 
uh, Subhash Chandra was elected. Elected, yeah. So there is a subtle difference in that, ah. no? So, ah. and, and then again... Uh, I, I, I love this system. <laughs> and, 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 and she's still independent. So, and Hindustan, you look at the voices that write for Hindustan Times is what they'll say. And I mean, I don't even want to get to get on that. So so when, that's that's when I talked to, like, you know, Karan Thapar Rajdeep, Sardesai Rajdeep was saying, Subhash Chandra is elected from which media organization. I mean, he used to write for Hindustan Times. Yeah. Did he ever feel like he should question Shobhna Bharti on the page of Hindustan Times? It's, uh, it's just uh, so rubbish. much uh, rubbish. But, but, but then, but again, his election was quite interesting. He was, uh, the BJP uh, supported Subhash Chandra's bid, no doubt. And he's going to be, and I think more or less his votes, I mean, since he was nominated with the BJP, did support. I think his votes in the Rajya Sabha would be closer to the BJP's But vote. Uh, what I am looking forward to is um, Kapil Sibyl, Arun Jaitley, Chidambaram debating in Rajya Sabha. Hmm. That will be a good. Uh, all four being debated by Dr. Swami. All <laughs> four being debated by Dr. Swami. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, so this is this is something we need to look forward to. No, but also don't in forget what happened. metaphor, uh, Swami bowling karenge aur baaki sare batting karenge aur Swami ek hi jana bowling ke liye kafi hai. Ne, wo depend karta na googly kitne hai. <laughs> but you have to understand. Also, Jharkhand was a very interesting thing. So you had the JMM uh, MP almost who was going to get elected or so, and there were two votes that were disqualified because of some arrest warrants or so, and the independent candidate backed by the BJP won that seat also. So there were two seats that went that way. Uh, Kapil Sibyl's seat in UP saw a relatively close fight because uh, they went into second round if I'm not against Preeti Mahapatra but then Mr. Sibyl won. And then uh, in Uttarakhand, the BSP voted for the Congress MP. Uh, um, I forget his name. Uh, yeah. Tamta, something. Yeah. Pradeep Tamta. And then uh, Vivek Tankha won from uh, Madhya Pradesh. Madhya Pradesh. I think BSP sided with Congress in UP and also in uh, Uttarakhand. And I, I think in I think in Madhya Pradesh. I think in Madhya Pradesh also. Yeah. yeah. Because in Madhya so Pradesh. So it's an indicator how at the national level. Right. Right. National and also next year. Next year in the UP elections. So these these are quite yeah. interesting terms, but I think uh, BJP should be comfortable in in terms of Rajya Sabha members. So from the heavy discussions we've had to the light-hearted part of my podcast, we're going to talk about the film Urta Punjab. And uh, I mean, again, when I say light-hearted Punjab, yeah. the film is about an extremely serious and grave problem in Punjab. And I think which is being trivialized. Uh, I'm not saying because A, censorship does not work. And I thought the CBFC was some of their points were extremely buffoonic on yeah. the thing, changing the name to Urta, I don't know what, Tommy, I don't know what they were doing. And some of their objections were ridiculous. Uh, we've like argued time and again on my podcast. I mean, of course, that our freedom of, when it comes to freedom of expression, you know, you know our positions. But when it comes to uh, this... Um, the, the, the debate on censorship, they can release the movie on YouTube, yeah. you know, anyone can stream it. DVD bana bana ke koi censorship bhi is a joke in this day and age. Censorship right. doesn't exist. It does not exist. And the points made were equally ridiculous. Huh, you know, you give it an adult rating. Uh, if there is something extremely obnoxious that doesn't quantify in the adult rating, you know, deal with it accordingly. And that's why we should have a rating board, but not a censorship not a censor board. board. I want to uh, come in here. Um, as of now, couple of hours ago, um, Urta Punjab was given a right. um, 
uh, it was allowed to be released it was given an a um, uh, rating and with 13 cuts they said that it could be uh, released anyway my point is not about the movie that is between the movie makers and uh, we can talk and talk about uh, censorship and everybody knows our position on censorship we um, uh, uh, for me i would like censor board to be dissolved i don't care about Which it I, yeah just but, said yeah but I do want to talk about the drug problem in Punjab. I do want when I I have been very vocal about it for many years now. And when this whole issue came up, a lot of people and I was talking very vocally about it on uh, you know social media on Twitter as well. And people were telling me, is Punjab the only place where the drug problem exists? Why do you not talk about drug problem everywhere else? Here is the distinction: drug. There are drug addicts everywhere in India. I'm not saying there aren't. There are people who are afflicted by this. But Punjab is the only place where drug is issue has been institutionalized to the extent that government officials are involved. Police machinery is involved. Such large involvement of society and uh, security agencies in drug trafficking is unheard of in any other um, state. So when I say that people need to wake up, Akalis need to wake up, state BJP um, in Punjab needs to wake up to this huge issue. Um, which has destroyed a generation of Punjabis. Who is Majithya Adit? Is he is brother-in-law of um, Subbir Badal. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are cases, there are allegations against him also. But he is not the only one. There are a lot of other drug kingpins. This has become, how is this so much, I, I think Punjab mein heroin wagera comes a lot, it comes from the old crescent, from Afghanistan, right. Iran and um, Pakistan. Tell me, how is it possible without some compliance from no, some security not just that. I was reading a couple of express reports. We talked about this this morning, Sunanda. So Anand Goenka has a wonderful piece, piece on it on Indian Express. If that is, you can open the website on your phone because Indian Express website is a nightmare to open. It redirects to app stores and so yeah. forth. So uh, that piece and then they, they had another one um, the piece, the, another study on drugs in jails and stuff and how only one jail has a de-addiction center. And when they were, and they, how a lot of uh, people who are caught with drug addicts and a lot of not kingpins, the drug peddlers. peddlers drug peddlers don't get caught drug addicts get so, caught so and to complete that point they, they, they went, even when they were caught they found some 300 odd syringes or something in the yeah. prison in Kapoorthala yeah. or somewhere I don't exactly so I, this is the shocking part I do want to tell people how critical what a critical state Punjab is Punjab shares 553 kilometer long border with Pakistan never ever forget that let me ask you this as a question as a daughter of Punjab uh, do you think this is a problem of plenty? Daughter-in-law of Punjab, maybe. Um, uh, daughter, daughter no, uh. um, no, not the problem of plenty. Actually, problem of less because the economy has gone for a toss for once most prosperous state of India. There is no economy anymore. There is, when I travel to Punjab and I travel a lot, when I travel, I see all these, what traditionally they used to say, factories, factories, these were um, small units that yeah. people used mm -hmm. to own, usko factories kehte the. all of them shut down. They cannot find labor, they cannot find, all industry has shut down in Punjab. Um, with the green revolution and everything, Punjab took the severest um, yeah. uh, hit about that. Mm -hmm. So with all the fertilizers and uh, this thing, zameen banjar ho gai hai. So what 
what were traditionally Punjabis doing? They were either farmers or they would go into forge right. or they would um, do were self-employed. Right. Punjabis have never been big on government employ uh, government jobs or working for something. They have only been doing traditionally three things: either land or um, going into forge army yeah. or doing their own business. These are the only three things that I land to um, uh, green revolution mein khatam hi ho gayi ab it took the most all because all the fertilizers that went in there and um, self owned uh, these small units if you go everywhere those are shut down and then forge um, maybe itna nahi jante because they uh, actually a lot of people were telling me that a lot of people don't go into sports punjab used to be a biggest feeder of sports um, at one time now haryana has taken over Punjabis don't go into sports yeah. anymore because a generation has been lost to drugs. I, I, I read, so I read somewhere like that that the enrollment in the sports was the lowest, some of the lowest in the few last few years, and it was declining. There was yeah. a secular decline in that, so which is a very sad. Punjab has now become like Kerala, remittance economy. So all the NRIs, remember all the Punjabis are NRIs, they. Uh, send money and that is the only way punjab runs and i i think i wrote this in my piece in um, when i was writing about um, you know education i said that everyone in punjab right now all they want to do is kanada rana we all they want to do is go out all these young people they just want to go uh, leave um, the state and go so, five states that i feel are very important for india's um, struggles with its external influences including jammu kashmir yeah. are punjab the other one is tamil nadu uh, bengal and uh, assam if yeah. these states are not uh, given enough attention from both from a demographic and economic perspective because these are these used to be again i, I take tamil nadu off that list because mm. at least economically tamil nadu has made a big comeback and it, it's mm. doing well but uh, from a uh, kind of a vicious agenda of yeah. the external uh, influences these are always prone and that's where i feel punjab has to be if if at all attention has to be paid on the political front uh, along with up and karnataka for prime minister modi it is punjab, punjab also because they are i think likely to lose punjab next time uh, yeah. in, the, in the election to aam aadmi party most likely and the, the, the way it seems like that but no one knows you know no really knows. but at least i have yeah. very little faith in um, punjab bjp unit of punjab i would really really um, appeal to central bjp and say that punjab needs help it's okay elections come and go you may lose an election in punjab that's well, not uh, an issue are they now at least looking at navjot siddu as the we don't know no he's not a fan of the akalis i for the longest have believed at that at i think you have have the last laugh if you know what i mean yeah <laughs> they, they should they, they should <laughs> they should probably uh, split uh, with the akalis oh, and yeah. fight an election on their own just to see where their position is because this is i mean the baggage that akalis bring with them is not worth it it's right. not worth honestly it. so anyways those are the some of the interesting points uh, with you to wrap up the recommendations for the week promote any recommendations uh, again uh, i was seeing... and urta punjab does not work i'm just saying <laughs> although it has been released by i was seeing on netflix <laughs> i don't know if uh, um many people watch the new up, up, updates on netflix is there is a series from india called san rachna san rachna is 20 to 25 minutes of ancient architectural marvels of india this is this hostess who's done an exceptional job in explaining the salient technological features of ancient structures mm. and some of them are astounding to watch nice nice what about you sunanda um i have been hooked to this um trailer of the biopic of bhagwan dada that has been released and i am seeing um um vidya 
I know, and Vidya Balan dancing through Shola Jo Badke Dil Mera Tadke. It is phenomenal, and she has done such a good job, such a good take uh, on uh, Gita Bali and Bhagwan Dada. So I would recommend that movie whenever it comes. I think it's that, uh, it's coming on, and that um, uh, trailer, and also my favorite Bhagwan Dada um, uh, song, Raat Dale Khidki Dale Tum Aana Jana Chhodo. But but please, Shola Jo Badke, listen. I mean, I uh, they must have done a decent job, whoever the singer is, but the original. No I don't know why they didn't use original I'm not just that I was actually talking to my parents yesterday and we were watching some old clips or old yeah, songs yeah. I played a song the, uh, the Shola Jo Bhatke clip that Lata sang in 1997 live in and Bombay even that's better than this one <laughs> when she was 70 so, but that is Lata for you but and, and this is in middle of a 27 minute medley she I sang know. about 20 songs non-stop without a break not even a single second. So, anyways, my recommendations this week would be that is our so-called singer. So-called singer. <laughs> oh yes, our so-called singer. So, uh, our so-called DSA. Our so-called DSA. Um, so, I, I saw this movie this week. Now you see me too. It's a sequel to the first one that came. It's about uh, magicians who go on like a crime heist and so forth. Oh my forth. god! Yeah, I saw the first part. So yeah, okay. the second part came, and if you like the first part, you'll find this enjoyable too. Okay, and yeah. yes, the guys. The, not all of us just watch politics and stuff we also watch movies sometimes and for the music lovers there is another I, I don't know if you have made this recommendation before but there is a documentary called Pancham Unmixed by Brahmanand Singh it's uh, I think it's, it was on YouTube but I am sure you can get a DVD or something they have a Facebook page you can like it's about R.D. Burman and if you love Indian music if you love the man called R.D. Burman who is an absolute genius you should watch that documentary I, it moves me every time I watch it uh, the effort the guy made and you know uh, the things he made so anyways, I have to give credit to Adit for starting this segment and I kept telling him that you know who's going to listen to this who's going to listen to this but the other day I had somebody because I gave a recommendation of uh, Steven Spielberg's commencement yeah. speech and somebody actually wrote to and said thank you for recommending that so i have to say thank you adit for starting this and you know, I, I thought you were talking about podcasts in general uh, so <laughs> podcast also is your baby but this, this particularly is your baby i'm joking too. it's 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 mind makers yeah. so we, we then you know yeah, we have a history wali baat ho jati. we have to go to the time we conceived mind makers so anyhow but uh, keep listening keep writing to us your feedback is extremely encouraging sorry for the day delay in the podcast and stuff uh, but i'm glad we got all the issues that we wanted covered we'll be back next week like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. This is Adit Kaparia signing off on yet another Sunday. Thank you.